Today, we're bringing you part one of our conversation with the author of Exponential Theory, Aaron Baer, on the power of thinking exponentially. You're listening to Joel Beasley, Modern CTO. That's the big thing I'm interested in is what does it mean to think exponentially about technology? And then we can just sort of branch off from there about your background and all of that. Okay, that's perfect. Cool. I got the book right here. I actually have your book too, so. What? Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. <laughs> that was the, the first try at writing a book. Is this your first book or no? No, it's it's my technically fifth, but my first one that was by a New York publisher. So, yeah. Nice. What's in it? You got to tell me now. Like, what's How do you think exponentially about technology? What's this theory? So exponential theory is the idea is when you think bigger, you become more conscious. So what we've seen is like companies that have really scaled to create really exponential, solve exponential problems. That, and those are problems that maybe impact a billion people or more. So it's not thinking about your group, your family, you know, your community, your tribe. You know, it's thinking bigger beyond that to solve problems that are uh, inherently much bigger. And then you add in exponential technologies, which there's about in the book, I cover 38 of them that are coming to the forefront now that are disrupting every different industry and really taking, you know, kind of ex exponential theory is, is you add people, planet and uh, technology together and you start to create a mix of companies that can grow exponentially, leveraging uh, these different technologies that are becoming widely available, which we know Web3 AI, but it goes to 3D printing. All these things are digitizing the world. You know, how do they actually, once something becomes digitized, then it becomes exponential. There's a period where there's a deceptive phase that people are like dismissive of that technology and including people that are in technology because they don't inherently see that the world is speeding up. So they say, well, that's not going to impact me. But then there comes a point that it becomes disruptive. And then those linear thinking technologists uh, can never catch up to uh, exponential. Then, then once it's disruptive, it generally goes through a, three other periods that Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamantis came up with these six Ds, that it, it literally becomes demonetized, democratized, as well as uh, dematerialized. And that's where, as we look at every industry, uh, we're starting to see how those technologies that are just exploding, whether it's Airbnb and the hotel industry, Uber, you know, at the end of the day, they don't own anything, but they're democratizing these opportunities, both for uh, the, the rideshare people, um, as well as the homeowners, as well as for customers that are looking to, to book Airbnbs or Ubers. I was having a conversation yesterday with one of my technical buddies and I had asked him, I said, hey, have you played around with GPT or how much are you experiencing GPT? Because he had a big exit like a year or two ago. So he got a ton of money and he's just been kind of hanging out, doing art and exploring life. So I said, you know, now that you're looking to come back and do some work, I was like, have you been playing with GPT? He said, oh, I've seen some people on Reddit, but I haven't, you know, really delved deep into it. And he's a brilliant engineer. And I said, man... I said, I have, I've been exploring that area. And I think, I know it sounds a little bit bullish, but I think it's as important as electricity. I think we'll realize it in hindsight, but right now everyone's seeing the crude wires and we're stringing wires across town. And that's, but then what happens a hundred years later when you see what people have built on top of it and built with it, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
you know, we could probably say this is the year of AI because of ChatGPT and all the other different AIs that are racing to catch up or have something that's relevant to the masses. I think in particular, you know, the people, it's the same digital divide that we've been dealing with for the last 50 years. It's, there's going to be a few people and I, and I think of them as content creators and you think about their influencers, influencers are going to get passed by, by the people that leverage it to create massive amounts of content. And I have this program called the XMBA, which is Exponential Mindset, Belief and Attitude. And I work with CTOs and their groups and go out and speak and talk about technologies, but it's really getting people to be very experimental with these exponential technologies, knowing that within a few years, they're probably going to disrupt whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's just moving to the cloud, obviously the cloud enables that digitization and then it enables all kinds of other opportunities for CTOs. Um, AI in particular, though, just starts to enable the average worker to like become exponentially better. And that's what we're kind of seeing in the big tech right now, this kind of pullback, because we're realizing we don't need, you know, as many engineers as we needed in the past. And the value that um, having 10,000 engineers versus, say, 5,000 probably is incremental and it's not exponential. So we're seeing this pullback because we overhired in a, in a massive growth period. Um, and business models are, are obviously retract and grow and retract and grow. And, but what we'll see is those companies that really embrace technologies like a chat GPT and you kind of learn the marvels of what it can do and what also it has limitations of, um, you're going to see people that just exponentially do work faster and you're going to see them, you know, obviously go through the, the ranks a lot, lot quicker. And I think you're going to have the have and have nots, the ones that embrace AI and the ones that don't. And. We're going to further see that a year or two years from now that no one's safe, you know, not the chief technology officer, not the CIO, not the CEO, because really anybody has the ability to exponentially leverage AI. Now, part of that is to understand what to prompt or how to really talk to AI to get, you know, answers that are meaningful. And I think that's a whole nother opportunity area for uh, the world is as you learn to kind of talk to AI and leverage it, uh, being able to prompt it in the right way. Um, will help you get results that actually, you know, get exponential for the company or for yourself personally, professionally, and organizationally, which you now see AI is leveraged for all those things uh, just to help you make decisions, help you to do analysis, all those things that were, you know, took so much time, all the routine stuff um, now can be outsourced to an AI. And I think we'll see more and more of that. And that's part of, you know, I have an investment fund called X3, that we're looking at Web3 and and uh, AI space and really in particular looking at these vertical SaaS models, both for, you know, we've only seen Web3 really systemically and AI now systemically is every different industry, doesn't matter what it is, um, is going to be disrupted by AI and Web3 um, as we kind of move forward. There's just better business models out there for the masses and that's what we're moving towards. So it's kind of figuring out if um, this idea in the book that I, I share because I used to be entrepreneur residence at Singularity University at NASA Ames. And Singularity is this idea that Ray Kurzweil puts out there that biology, technology all will merge and create this supercomputer with quantum computing and, you know, really unreal abilities to kind of do that. And we're moving towards that. And that's what we see. So it's really understanding technology. And this is what I speak about a lot when I go talk to uh, technology groups is it's knowing that we may not get there as fast as some people say, we may get there faster than others say, but the reality is we're on a path to go there. So how and what technology in your industry 
is going to be disrupted by that? And then how do you leverage that technology to actually disrupt others and even your own work group so that, you know, you leverage AI and you leverage Web3 and you leverage all these other 38 technologies I talk about in the book, uh, whether it's 3D printing or 5G or there's just so many different technologies coming to the space at once. We've never been in an explosion of technology where, you know, no one can keep up with it all. But it's the matter is to get a team that actually can understand in your industry, what is the next stage towards this idea that all technology is merging? And we're starting to see that in a lot of different industries. And journalism was one of those that I talk about in the book was probably disrupted the first. And then it really led to, you know, extreme beliefs on both the left and right and every other different angle. Because if you didn't have an extreme belief, then you weren't polarized enough to actually get the attention of the algorithm. And people to dislike you that made you famous because you had as many people disliking you as liking you. So having an average opinion, whether you're a CTO or a, a wannabe influencer probably doesn't get you very far. So understanding that also means like, how do you take risk? And the biggest thing that I probably talked to C-level leadership about is if you don't make a decision, you are making a decision. And what that decision is today with the world moving faster is you're probably not going to catch up um, if you're going to, if you're not enabled to make decisions, it's better to make a decision, make mistakes, spend money and re learn from that. And I think that's part of, uh, this kind of fail forward is like fail fast. Um, and I always say in my X MBA is you either learn or win. The only time you fail is if you make the same mistake again and again. So I want to talk about risk and, and blinders and maybe they're connected and, and, Maybe they're not, but you seem like a really intelligent person from a psychology standpoint to a business standpoint. So I figured it's worth asking. So a short story here is my, uh, I've been with my wife for 10 years and her dad is a UPS semi-truck driver. And 10 years ago, our first Christmas dinner where we're all sitting around the table, I start talking with him. Like, hey, have you seen this autonomous driving technology? He explained to me all the reasons why it would never be possible for a semi-truck to be driven by a computer and the art of it and, you know, the craft of it and all the little things you have to know. And, and I tried to explain, well, yeah, you know, computers can sort of keep a lot more in memory when they're decision-making than humans can. And so then a year or two goes by, the technology gets incrementally better, incrementally better. And then uh, we, we see this uh, documentary come out where they're actually showing videos of these uh semi-truck drivers driving in obstacle courses, they're showing them two other semi-truck drivers. It was an Amazon documentary, like low-budget type uh, movie. And I saw how defensive they all were about how it's not going to be possible. This is just a, you know, every stage they were denying all the way up to the the Christmas, I think three years ago, where I actually showed, I told him, I said, hey, I think it was Uber or some, some of the big, one big brand made a, its first semi-truck delivery like successfully made it. And I showed him that. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, here's the video of it. Like it's done. Like it's <laughs> he's like, not possible. What is it about people? Because I see this happening with technologists too. Oh, you know, they see Google or um, GitHub Copilot. I don't know if you've explored that a lot, but it's a assistive auto completion tool for writing software. Oh, that's just something. And they just, it's, they're constantly dismissive until the point. What is it about humans what is it about our brain that's wired? Why, why is this happening on all of these different areas? Why are we putting our blinders up? Well, I, you know, I, from a neuroscience, and I teach a lot of my XMBA program, this, this idea. And, you know, we were, our brain is 10,000 years old and it, it really hasn't changed 
um, with the fact that everything is speeding up. But we're actually able to filter through so much information subconsciously. But our conscious mind is only to hold just a few thoughts comparatively, like 30,000 times less. So, you know, as we talk, we're kind of seeing the world in a, in a much different way in our subconscious mind than what we actually bring to our own attention. Um, the reality doesn't serve us well to kind of think that we're going to be disrupted. So we want to fight that. And the amygdala, which is really your fight, fight, or freeze function of your body, is that your executive decision-making, you know, once it gets past the amygdala, is like, I don't, I'm going to fight this because, you know, I need the status quo. And it's just about change. Very few people are agile and adaptive to kind of change to the future, to really see where, uh, you know, the industry is going or where their job is going. What's interesting is there's this super conscious and I'll, I won't get spiritual on you, but it's this idea Please that all the, yeah. <laughs> all the jobs out there that are really hard to fill right now. And that includes semi drivers. It includes McDonald's workers. It includes, so you see this system that's an ecosystem is a naturally imbalance, like from biomimicry as you look at nature, only when humans kind of interfere and start messing with the system and, I talk about this in my book a lot, um, that you start to kind of disrupt this pattern of growth, but semi truck drivers, for example, are probably not in any jeopardy right now because there's going to be an adoption rate that takes a while. And those semi drivers that want to still drive will still drive, but every trucking company, and I'm actually friends with, uh, some of the ownership of, uh, Knight and Swift, and they're a huge trucking operation out of Phoenix and you know, they'll adapt to this because they can't hire the people. The same with McDonald's is kiosk because now we have a McDonald's fully functioning kiosk autonomous because they're not able to hire those people. So we see this system that we're naturally solving problems and we we have through history. And now that we have all these accelerating technologies, we're able to solve problems faster. Well, problems are coming faster at us. And that's where like the idea that we have a supply chain you know, disruption that we had in 2021 because of COVID and, you know, the global supply chain, um, technology will eventually, you know, take that out of human hands, you know, and, and that's where these things are all pushing a greater ecosystem to like, let's solve for these things. So, um, in particular, I think change in people, it's much easier to not change than to change. Um, it's much easier to not make a decision than make one, but you are always making a decision. And when you're not changing, you're actually resisting. And that's a whole part of my course is what you resist persist, which is a Carl Jung thought. And we resist a lot to actually fill part of our comfort zone because we don't want to step outside of a comfort zone. And I always say it's that you jump into fear, which is false evidence appearing real. And that's really your amygdala that's 10,000 years old that for good reasons, you know, basically, as I say, stay the same or be in the same environment. Don't go out of, you know, if you're on the savanna in Africa, you know, when the amygdala started and there's a lion on the horizon, it's like, go back to the fire and be around all the people. Um, that was a natural intuition that helped people survive in those days. Now we go 10,000 years forward and we have the complexity of the decisions we have. We think we have the sophistication, but we're run by this really, really complex you know, brain, which is honestly in the universe is the most complicated thing. And the thing we don't completely understand, um, more than anything, but it literally rules all of our emotions and emotions is what creates change. 
And that emotion is when someone does lose their job, they will change. They, they will then say, okay, now I see I have to do this. But fighting it logically is, is really the resistance of CEOs and CTOs, that companies that get disrupted because they're willing to stay the course on something that obviously as things evolve, we almost evolve with these technologies. And I also say as use technology, don't let it use you. Um, I think it's a big part of learning. You know, right now, there's a good part of society that technology is using them and we complain about it. Yet there are, you know, there are tools and things to actually leverage that technology instead of it leveraging you. And that's what we're, we're kind of seeing as the world changes. And that's even using ChatGPT as an advantage is embracing the change of the technology and understanding and being one of the people on the, the side that really takes advantage of those opportunities. Those are the leaders that are going to lead into the future. Those are the ones that are going to disrupt whatever exists right now. All business models are being disrupted. And, you know, we take Apple, we take Microsoft, we take Amazon, we take any of these companies. And five years ago, their business model was completely different than what it is today. And those are your largest companies that are fighting to survive. And I, you know, Jeff Bezos and even said, you know, companies last about 30 years. Amazon's been around 30 years. You know, it's not going to last forever. And I think that's um, some of these companies have stockpiles of cash to, you know, acquire the new technology or the new thing like Facebook, but Instagram and WhatsApp and investing in the metaverse, whether that ever pays off or not, it's really seeing the next model and getting to it. But it doesn't mean that that change that the whole organization is adapting. And that's part of also this flux of, you know, what I'll say a contraction in the tech industry is to understand that it has to change to survive. And I think these biggest companies realize that because they watch all the other companies kind of come and go, you know, with their growth. You said when you resist or what you resist persist. How do I discover what I'm resisting and what's holding me back? Well, so I think there's a, a, a big part is that we overthink. And this goes to the, the nature of our technologists is we think we can think our way out of every problem. Yet, you know, our intuition often will tell us what to do, but we'll fight it by thinking. And thinking, and, and I say our intuition is actually being in the moment now to understand that now is the only moment you can control. And so now is the only time you can make a decision for the future. It's the only time you can create the future. And what I really help leaders to do is think about themselves in the future, looking back on now, and to understand if they're going to take their team or their company to some place. What do they need to do now? And I would say most leaders don't do that now. They're literally run on what they've done in the past. So they're not thinking about like, okay, a year from now, we want to be here. Or 10 years from now, we want to be there. And I have a quote in the book on Bill Gates. And he said this 20 plus years ago. He said, we often overestimate what we can do in one year, but we always underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And part of that is your own personal growth of where, how do you, you know, skate to where the puck's at, if in a Wayne Gretzky quote, quote, to get to where the technology is going. If we know that singularity, if technology is starting to kind of stack on each other and we're starting to learn from that accelerated pace, how do we actually do that for ourselves personally, professionally understanding that, and then organizationally helping our organizations move towards that? That is the, you know, change conundrum. And I think you know, change is the only constant is what I, I, I write in the book, but I actually say 
it's actually not constant, it's accelerated. And if we don't accelerate our linear thinking, and that's what exponential theory really comes, if we don't get more conscious and we don't accelerate that thinking, everything will pass us by. And that's happening to people every day. And a lot of people that are losing their jobs are going to have that change that they're going to see. And that's where we're going to see all this layoffs are probably going to lead to a whole nother era of startups that are going to disrupt kind of the current landscape. And that's the exciting thing of um, change is when one door closes, you know, many open, you just have to choose the biggest door that you can serve the world in the biggest way and literally embrace that and jump into it. And that obviously be like my ex-MBA program, the Exponential Mindset, Belief, and Attitude program. Its goal is really to help people think that way, both inside companies as well as we have, you know, individuals taking it just to kind of reinvent themselves. Uh, and we work with a lot of accelerators because it really comes down to your mindset today. If you don't have the right mindset and it is a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. I think that's an easy one to understand. But I would even go that it's an exponential mindset because you really have to think bigger than just growing at your current rate. You got to think about how you go 10x, not 10% or incremental to exponential. Tell me about this ex-MBA program. Is it in person, online? How does it work? It's both. We, we work with companies and we go in and we help create cultures that, you know, really expand the mindset, belief and attitude of the company. And then we have open programs online as well as um, companies that are participating just in a virtual way. So we have a variety of different ways we deliver it, but it really is my, my focus and my purpose. Um, ultimately, the company is called One Million Exponential Leaders. And our goal is to create uh, a million exponential leaders where we you know, change the world one mind at a time because I think it's just figuring out how people think about themselves you know, related to everything that's happening around them and how they can really accelerate that thinking for themselves and, you know, the five people around them, as well as, uh, the organization around them. Cause you know, you are the five, you know, you're the culmination of the five people that you're closest to, you know, at least your thinking and your mindset. So how do you intentionally help all those people grow? Well, now you start to create an exponential circumstance, which is part of our program is once people are enrolled, they're enrolling, you know, a lot of their, their people that they spend the most time with because they want to grow with them. Um, and it's a seven week program. It, you know, I'd say it's, it's named the XMBA in particular. I used to teach at Arizona State University and Thunderbird and actually taught at Singularity University, as I said, and I think traditional education has a place, but you know, nowadays it's really about mindset, belief, and attitude because technology is moving too fast. Every degree that anyone gets is outdated once they get it. And we just need to really continue to accelerate our mindset to learn and grow with, you know, what's happening around us. And honestly, the faster we adapt and the faster we make decisions and mistakes, the faster we'll get there. And that's kind of part of our process is to get people thinking that way so that they can grow into the future and lead the future and not necessarily be a follower and, you know, being a victim to say, oh, well, everything passed me by because it's about to pass us all by. And I'd say there's not one of us on this planet that technology is not moving faster than. And part of it is just to, to be able to understand how we can contribute to it and how we can find purpose in using technology, not letting it use us. Right now, I think with everybody doom scrolling and endless scroll, you know, we're, we're being used um, by technology. Um, I think there comes a point that uh, we're starting to kind of see a, a group of people that are taking intentional, like how do we use technology to solve problems for ourselves? And AI does start to solve some problems of things like routine things that we don't like to do. Well, 
now a lot of these AI systems, and there's literally hundreds of them. There's a, a guy named AI Daddy that has a resource that has 600 resources of AIs, and it's just amazing. Um, he's on TikTok and Instagram and a, and a friend, but it's to look at all the different uses for it, and it's just going to grow and grow and grow. Uh, and it's it's pretty exciting to to just see where things are going and to understand that everyone, every person in the world, you know, you got to understand that people are all moving at exponential paces in different areas. So it's how to, to learn the who do you need to partner with, not learning the how. And I think that's a very big difference for a lot of, you know, as you say in your book, uh, developers to get to a CTL. It's like, who can help me with this? Because I've got to stop doing the how, because to learn how to do it, you're slowing yourself up versus leveraging all the people that are already doing it. That's a hard transition to make. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's not easy and it takes a long time. AI Daddy, you said his name on TikTok? Do you say yeah, he, yeah. he's a friend of yours or you know him too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucas is a, a friend okay. and um, he just is uh, becoming a, a big influencer in AI and and has some interesting you know, looks at technology and he kind of reminds you of the guy on her. If you remember that movie that fell yeah, in love with the uh-huh. AI. Yep. Um, I think that's part of his appeal. He, he actually has all of his followers call themselves AI babies and they've kind of really embraced it. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, can you introduce us? It and at the same time is, is really sharing. It's uh, so, here we go. Josh has got, I'm learning about this there guy. You go. For the first... what I mean? He looks just wow, like the guy he on her. does look like him. <laughs> Can you introduce me to this guy? We might want to have him on the show. <laughs> we definitely will get him on your show. He's he's entertaining. He we actually do improv together, so we're we do a oh, comedy wow. class together. So. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> you know, and I think he's part of this group in the XMBA. That's a core group that are expanding, and he's created a course within the XMBA called the AI Odyssey, leveraging mm. these seven universal truths that I found. And the goal of that is is really for people to embrace AI. And understand how they can use it and not let it use you because there, there really are so many different resources and we're just seeing this explosion where I think it's understanding is to have a network of people like AI daddy in your world that can explain things that you just don't have time to learn. And I think in every area that web three, I have another guy named Derek Maines that has a podcast called the convergence. We literally meet on a weekly basis and he's out talking to all the leaders in web three and blockchain and crypto. And then we come together and, you know, sometimes we talk about philosophy, sometimes we talk about, but, but in the end, it's this kind of uh, mastermind to understand that, you know, my appeal to them is I think bigger. So I'm challenging both of them to think bigger every day and really make a bigger impact. They themselves are bringing their expertise. Part of it is, you know, surrounding yourself with those five people that are going to exponentially grow. And I know between all of us, we're going to lock into some exponential things and my own goal of writing the book Exponential Theory as a self-fulfilling prophecy is I want to be on the board of five exponential companies and I'm considering, you know, several different boards and making my bets on which of those are going to be really, really exponential because of what I've, you know, because of this conversation. And I think that's what everyone needs to think is what is their purpose and passion? And my goal is to take those companies and make an impact above and beyond the company I have, the XMBA, that our goal is to create 1 million exponential leaders, which ultimately... I would say is a bigger, massive transformative purpose than Google had to organize the world's information because I want to create a million people thinking on an exponential level, solving every possible systemic problem that we have and thinking about how to impact a billion people. And, you know, I think that's where technology is that enabler and network that 
for us to be on a podcast, you know, today, you know, it's just amazing when you think about the technology and how we're connected. And if we choose to, we can help each other grow for now until all of time. And that's kind of the goal of the XMBA is to bring people in that think big and then surround them with other people that'll help them think bigger. And then also it's this idea of the last universal principle I have is that we're all one. Is this idea that, you know, we're all universal energy. So when you put energy into others uh, and you help them think bigger, you know, we actually expand consciousness. We expand, you know, our impact. And that's where, you know, technology, not, not to go spiritual, but, you know, technology is at a play that it's at this intersection now that it's disrupting everything. And that includes religion. It includes church. I mean, it includes all these different clubs and hobbies, every area that you're passionate about in your life or anyone is there's an exponential opportunity sitting inside of that. And I think that's where we're, we're seeing these, you know, average people do extraordinary things is when they embrace the fact that they, they're the ones they, they get the calling to say, Hey, I'm going to change this industry or this thing in the world. I'm going to create this social movement. Um, we, you know, the masses have never had such an opportunity to, to create change. And that's why we're seeing so much disruption is, you know, anyone can obviously embrace that change and kind of grow with it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.